You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. You're watching the Pirate Football Playback on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Now, here are the guys. Welcome into the Pirate Pirate Football Playback right here on the Sports Objective. Pirates get a big win, uh, 34-13 over UCF, the Knights. And, of course, our great show, the Playback, is brought to you by, presented by LNK Custom Homes. Give Kevin Walker a call. He's a licensed general contractor, 336-688-8461. And guys, I tell you what, what a great night. I'm feeling a lot better today. Doing chores even is better when the Pirates win. What's up, Bubba Rosenbaum? Man, uh, guys, you know, how awesome was last night? You know, still on emotional high after what was undoubtedly the most complete game of the Mike Houston era. Uh, I think that goes without saying, you know, we've had some quality wins, but last night, was an entirely different level. And, you know, not only was it the most complete win of the Mike Houston era, it was certainly our most complete win since 2014, you know, as far as executing in all three phases with uh, with an exception or two. And then uh, it, I got to thinking about it. It may have been our most complete win in all three phases since West Virginia in 2008. That's how complete it was. No doubt about it. And, uh, I got, by the way, guys, if you can't tell, it's a little chilly right now. I've got the heaters uh, in honor of UCF getting their tails kicked last night and having, I'm standing near the heaters that are behind me. Kyle Barber, a man that doesn't need a heater. How are you, sir? What's going on, Dave? Uh, yeah, in terms of it being much complete, bigger, yeah, we played well on all three sides of the ball. Um, to me, it's, without a doubt, the most quality win of the Mike Houston era in terms of the quality of the opponent. Um, and our most quality wins since 2014. Uh, you beat Virginia Tech in 15. They were a 6-6 six six team. But this team won't lose any more, my guess, than two more games. Uh, UCF, I mean. So you're looking at, at most likely at least an 8-4 football team that we just beat. So that was a hell of a win. And it was a much-needed win. Um, put you know Coming off the Memphis overtime, um, nobody really gave us a chance against UCF. I... Uh, I looked at, you know, the way Plumlee had been playing and did not like the matchup at all. Um, we were ready to play. We, 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 you could tell we had this one circled. Those guys wanted this game. Uh, we wanted it more than UCF. We took it to UCF. Uh, you know, I think UCF was looking ahead to Cincinnati a little bit. They, um, they had the Bearcats this coming up weekend. There was a little talk on game day about that was a potential site for for game day in Orlando next weekend if uh, UCF had won and Cincinnati had won. But uh, that ain't going to happen now. Um, so, uh, huge, huge win last night. I don't, I don't I don't know. I think most Pirate fans get how big it was. But I, I, just, I think there are some that don't. They don't understand how big this win was. Um, uh, win number five, you know, it, it was just the other day. Everybody was panicking after Tulane. Yeah. Wanting to know if we could even get to a bowl game. And, 
I kind of said, you know, just calm down, wait a minute. You know, we uh, tend to get better as the season goes on under Mike Houston. This team has a lot of talent. All the problems are fixable, and uh doesn't mean we're going to win out. I mean, we may go to BYU. That's a horrible – what a horrible road trip, by the way. After coming out, coming out, coming off this win, it wouldn't matter any what you're coming off of. But to have to go all the way out to Provo, Utah, and play on a Friday at 7 p.m., that's, that's a tall task to ask. Um, but hopefully we can go out there and handle business. And uh, we'll recap this one first. But I, I just I, – what a stupid – if you're gonna play, if you're on the East Coast and you're playing at BYU, it needs to be on Saturday. But that's neither hey, here nor there. We're talking about this game first. When and that's that's the thing. I think originally it was, and then it was moved for television. And then, hey, on a positive note, uh, at least the game that we played was at home, so it's not like we're coming off a yeah <laughs> no, off the road game and then having to turn around and uh, go to Provo on a Friday. Yeah, that would be brutal. I it's true, but you you look at. You look at how it affected BYU um, traveling that far to play a game. Uh, you know they played like ass against Liberty, and uh, they're not that. They're they're they're. That's what's scary about BYU. Um, they're a good football team that plays a difficult schedule, and not only difficult because of opponent in terms of quality of opponent, but they play a lot of weird opponents and do some weird things like travel to Liberty to play a game. And so uh, we better be ready to go. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, you know, we're underdogs. We're three-point road dogs to BYU. But I don't know why I'm getting so far ahead to BYU. Let's recap this one first. No doubt. Let's also bring in a man who I doubt uses a heater, but would have a good excuse, Matt Semendza up in the great state of Connecticut. Uh, do you guys have uh, heaters up there? Are those big heaters, like, on the sideline, like last night that UCF was using? Well, I'll tell you what, guys. My 13-year-old son played two baseball games today in 40-degree weather, 40 wow. degrees, and there was no heater to be found in sight. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of weak of uh, the fact that UCF brought heaters last night. I agree, Dave. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm just fired up about last night. It was, like you guys have already mentioned, just a solid all-around performance. Uh, obviously, the offense-defense, but I thought the special teams played really well, too. And I thought from a coaching standpoint, this was our best game of the year in terms of game planning and preparation. Um, I just felt like offensively and defensively, our coaches were a step ahead of UCF last night, um, especially defensively. I just felt like Blake Harrell was just, you know, anything that UCF tried to do, he was a step ahead and, and really created a lot of confusion, um, you know, for their offensive play caller. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I think the, the key defensively for us guys was, Plumlee was just never ever able to get comfortable in the pocket. And, you know, we did get quite a bit of pressure and we got him down to the ground a few times, but we got him off his mark all night and he was drifting to his right. He was drifting to his left and he really didn't have, you know, many clean windows to throw, to throw the ball through. So really outstanding job. You know, you got to give credit to that's a team that averages what 42 points a game. And we held them to 13. Yeah. Impressive performance by the Pirate defense and Matt. And we talked last week on the, the Pirate preview as well as a, a little on the uh, Sonny and Semenza when I filled in for Jay, just the importance of, you know, you, you knew you were going to give up some yards and you knew that it was probably going to be, you know, right around 400 yards and it ended up being 426, you know, even in a good scenario. But the bend but don't break mentality, don't let UCF hit those explosion plays 
and we did an excellent job of that. And then forced four turnovers. Um, at least one was in the red zone, and then the other two were were right out, or maybe I guess all four. Uh, the other three of the other four were right outside the red zone as UCF had drives going. So uh, just clutched by the Pirate defense. Uh, Jaira Wilson coming up big. Julius Wood led the team in tackles, forced a fumble. Um, Malik Fleming had another excellent game. So um, as you mentioned, we had John Rice Plumley on the run for a lot of the night, sacked him four times, pressured him several others. And, uh, you know, it was one of the best defensive performance in recent memory. If you'd have told me going into that game that we were going to hold them to, to one touchdown, uh, you know, I, would, I, pro- I wouldn't have believed it. Uh, I thought we could win the game, but I thought we were going to – I never would have thought 14 points would have won the game. I thought we would have to have scored 28. Oh, no question. And that's that's what makes it great is the fact that uh, – Talking about the uh, Kyle, the offensive side of the ball, it was great to see uh, Keaton Mitchell. Uh, he he had uh, what two touchdowns, and just uh, his explosiveness looks like he is uh, back. I don't, I wouldn't say full strength because we know what game it is, uh, part time of the year. But as far as uh, he and Marlon Gunn uh, looked really good last night. Yeah, uh, we had limited rushing yards. It rushed for over a hundred, but the rushing yards we had. We're very effective, and we got better running the ball late in the game. Hit some big runs. Um, uh, just overall, great performance by the offense. You know, Bubba talked about the defense. The offense were very complimentary. The time time of possession was unreal. I, you know, you, one of y'all can bring that up exactly what it was, Bubba, here in a minute. But we, we dominated time of possession, um, driving the field. We get in third down situations. Holton would hit a big play. C.J. Johnson, Winstead. Keaton Mitchell, uh, you know, there were others that just stepped up over and over again. And one of the biggest things that, that I take away from this game is we took it. We, we and, and that's something I kept saying during the game, is take it. You got to take it. Um, don't don't hold on. Don't wait for, for, uh, for these guys to uh, make a comeback. You know, don't get conservative. Take it, and we took it. We we took it, you know. We when they came out at halftime and cut it to seven. I said, "Oh, here we go." Then we drove down the field and went back up by fourteen. Then we had the long drive after the turnover and uh, kicked the field goal, which was huge. That was a huge. First of all, it's a pressure kick, so yeah. hats off to the kid for making it. We went up by seventeen, three scores. Um, you know that we we hold them to try another field goal late in the game and, and we get the onside kick and instead of just running the clock out, Keaton Mitchell, we, we took the game. We, we never gave them a chance to get back in. And anytime they felt, thought they had a chance to get back in it, we, we would knock them right back out. And that, that's the biggest thing to me. Like I said, is we took it. We, we, we didn't hang on. We didn't barely win. And I would have been happy with any of the, as long as we came out with a win, I would have been happy with it. But, we last night we were not going to be beaten. It, it was that was a determined football team that executed a game plan to perfection, and it, it's hard to do that week in and week out to that level. Um, but that's what everybody's going to expect now because we've seen them do it. But that is hard to do what we did last night against a football team of that caliber. Yeah, Kyle, you bring up some excellent points about the Pirate offense. What a night for Holton Aylers. Holton 
30 out of 36 for 311, um, a touchdown, no interceptions. Obviously, the big touchdown pass to, to CJ right there at the end of the first half. And you know, two, he had two touchdowns. He had a rushing and a throwing. Yeah, I, I, I was just I was referring to the passing touchdown. Gotcha. But, gotcha. but yes, he, he, and then, you know, as you take a look at the offense, I mean, we didn't punt until what right. seven and a half, eight minutes to go into the game. And great so, punt, great punt, by the way. Yeah, uh, excellent punt by Luke Larson, 40, 41 with no return, uh, angled it towards the sideline and didn't give UCF a chance to make a play in the uh, open field situation. So uh, great to see that because and UCF came after it and I was like, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> and um, Luke got it off. And, um, you know, looking at the offensive numbers and outside of Holton, who I already mentioned, you had – um, just so so um, well balanced, and like like you mentioned, Kyle, and I know we discussed this a little last night on my drive home to, or drive back to Raleigh, I should say. And I think the Pirates actually finished with about 140 or 50 yards rushing because I wasn't factoring in Keaton's um, 35 or 40 yard touchdown run to salt it away. But but um, you know, up to that point, we we'd had about 105, 110 yards. But as you mentioned, you know, we were getting three and four yards fairly consistently, occasionally more. And uh, Marlon Gunn had some solid carries, made something out of nothing a few times. And you had Zay Winstead, another solid game. Obviously, CJ, 11 receptions for, I think, about 140. Um, and the plays they made and back shoulder throws and just going up, get, getting 50-50 balls, um, you know, much was made of UCF having some taller corners, and uh, we still saw Day and CJ do their thing. Um, Ryan Jones had three or four catches. Uh, Josiah Hatfield had a had a catch or two at least, and you saw him play fifty five or sixty snaps once again. And and um, early on, had the defense not done what it what it did, you know, forcing an interception. Uh, you know, UCF could have really gotten some momentum early after us having having dry, uh, driven uh, what was it uh, you know 65 or 70 yards uh, I think it was about a 10 to 12 play drive for 70 yards or so and then we doinked it off the the upright and then um, we had the big turnover as UCF had something going <clears throat> they had that was one of the few explosion plays they had on their I guess what first drive of the game when when Bowser he lined up in the uh, Wildcat and kept it around the left side for about thirty yards, but uh, on on the whole we did a good job of making them drive the field and then created those four turnovers we already mentioned. Um, also, you, there in the first half, I talked about you know not having to punt our, our second drive, sixteen plays, fifty yards, seven and a half minutes. Um, 10 plays, 80 yards, 5 minutes and 21 seconds. 7 plays, 72 yards, and just under 3 minutes. So uh, just exactly what we're, what we've been waiting to see from this team, uh, not only offensively but defensively and special teams-wise outside of the one miss chip shot field goal. Yeah, guys. And, you know, Hol- Holton Aylers last night, he looked, he looked like a 50-year quarterback. He looked – like somebody who has seen every defense imaginable that can be thrown at you and and knows how to deal with it. Because if you go back and watch that game in the first half, UCF, 
their game plan was to play a lot of zone coverage. And, and Holton was literally just carving them up. We were there were windows in that zone, and he was just picking them apart. And there was so much available. And if you notice, when they came out for the second half, they came out in the third quarter, their first possession in man press. And you know, the last the last several years, we have struggled against man press coverage. We've had a difficult time getting our receivers, you know, getting any separation against man press. This year, it's been the total opposite. If teams play man press against us, we're gonna we're gonna pick them apart. And so they tried to throw a lot of different wrinkles at Holton last night. They tried so many different zone concepts, uh, man schemes. And he had an answer for everything. And he, he was incredibly sharp last night. Um, so you got to give him props. And what can you possibly say about the receivers? I mean, Winstead and C.J. Johnson, they look like men, men amongst boys out there. Um, yeah, looking, looking like Cam, Cam Worthy in 2014. Yeah. Chemistry. And also, uh, we got to give a shout out. You're talking about the coaching staff. The play calling last night was by far, I think, the best uh, I've seen. Fire down and kill Patrick. Yeah, what about, hey, Bubba, you said earlier this afternoon in our group text, uh, the Donnie train, I guess everybody's back on the Donnie train now or what? Or you think they're uh, they're off the Donnie train? What do you think? I was I was kidding. I was. I know, I know. I just, <laughs> no, I was, I was saying the way I worded it, I, I said everybody that was on the, quote, fire Donnie train, um, that train is now off the tracks. Yeah, for, for this week anyway. Who, who knows <laughs> what it'll be, you know, next week or the week after, but. Uh, you talk about Holton and CJ. Um, there was times where I noticed last night, um, watching in between plays, right before plays, they would be talking to each other in the huddle, and you basically knew before the play that Holton's going to CJ, and UCF couldn't do a damn thing about it. And uh, it, it was uh, it, it was it was impressive at times last night. Just if they could come out with that kind of intensity and focus the rest of the year, and I know that's Really hard to do week in and week out, but man, that that was a, a just just an incredible performance last night. I mean, we're repeating ourselves. It's all it's all you know well, talking about how great it was, but you know, uh, it, it just and it, it was. You know, the the disappointing thing to me about it, if we want to talk about some negatives, was the crowd. Um, I knew. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand where people were. I don't understand. You know, it started off, it was probably 36,000 there, maybe. And then by halftime, I, maybe 20 some thousand by the end of the game, there was probably 18,000 people there. And yeah. I, I, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't, uh, it's 7 30 kickoff. It don't get no darker. Look, nine o'clock, one o'clock, it, it's all the same. Dark is dark. It don't get no darker. Um, you know, uh, church don't starts at 11 a.m. What are you doing? I mean, why are you leaving early when you're when you're playing a team like that? When the team's playing so well, national television. Yeah, it's embarrassing to me. And the, these those 7:30 games are too late. Well, then you're getting too damn old. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 look, I, 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 LSU fans. I mean, how do the old LSU fans handle it? I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I was there. Like I said, I, I told Bubba this last night. And, I would rather one of y'all bring it up than me point it out myself, but uh, uh, I, I'm not to toot my own horn, but toot, toot, baby. You know, I'm there on chemotherapy by my, you know, on my own until 12 o'clock in the in, in the morning. 
Um, what's your name excuse for not being able to stay or not being there? I mean, it, it, it was pathetic to me. And the, the, for the folks that did stay, we were loud and into it. That was for damn sure. Yeah, I thought yeah. The, uh, what I was upset about, guys, is, you know, mine, I was going to say this real quick, and I'll pitch it to you, Bubba, is uh, the, as far as the boneyard. I mean, you've got students. I used to, man, when I was, a, I don't know about you guys, but when I was. Yeah, a, the students had been really good up until this game. I don't understand I mean, that. Yeah, they were, that's what I was going to say. They were. They were uh, great up into this game, and then I looked over there, and I'm like, "Man, that's uh, several thousand right there that we don't um, that we don't have." So, uh, what is it around? Um, gosh, ten thousand uh, that we have students wise all together that we could put in there. So, just that was disappointing because those are the. It was not Thanksgiving weekend. It was not any kind of fall break or anything like that. So, that was very disappointing. And again. You make a great point. I think that if people we talked about acknowledging, I think another thing: a lot of people just thought we were going to lose the game, so they didn't come. They said, "Well, we're going to lose." I'm just watching on ESPN. You, yeah. The the problem we have, guys, is that if you don't think coaching matters, and if you don't think that uh, that Mo and all the stuff we did with Confer that that didn't hurt us uh, with the firing of Ruffin McNeil, uh, we're still we're still recovering from that, and I think that. The, what what's happening is we have our base of fans and what's missing right now. I, I was thinking about this last night during the game is we're missing the casual fans that used to come because we always won. Uh, we're missing those fans. And sadly, um, I don't like talking about it because in the past, but those people haven't come back. How do we get, that's a topic that we could ask the uh, athletic director or anyone there or pirate nation. How uh, do, do, we- do, do stuff like we did last night and make people wish they were there. Well, and, and what do a lot of these people want, fellas? I mean, they complain about the 12 new star, noon stars. They say it's too hot, right? Yeah. Uh, at 7.30, it's too late. They want 3.30 so are, or 6. They want 3.30 to 6 p.m. Uh, and nothing else. I mean, wow, we're, we're becoming a very picky fan base here at East Carolina. And, you know, I, I really think – I'm glad you mentioned this, Kyle, because, I, you know, I, I obviously, you know, living so far away, I couldn't go last night. But I'm watching this game on TV. And – at times it, it was, it was pretty embarrassing to me, you know, uh, how empty it looked on TV. And I just, I couldn't believe it. And I think the fan base really needs to take a step back and check itself a little bit. You know, right now we kind of live off of what we used to be, you know, in the nineties and in the early rough days when we had some amazing crowds and, um, you know, right now, it's almost well, you like know, we lost uh, an entire generation of. Well, it's, it's like we lost an entire generation of fans. Uh, I was thinking last night, um, Matt. I not that many years ago, um, twenty eleven, um, and I guess that's been a decade now. But I remember twenty eleven playing UCF. It was a seven thirty kickoff on Fox Sports Net, and I remember the place being packed. I remember. The game, us putting the game away late. I remember them playing, um, uh, what's that name, Kiss song? I want to rock and roll all night and party every day in the crowd, singing along with it. And and I remember that vividly. And I remember the atmosphere of that game in 2011. And there was about 38,000 to 40,000 people there till the end. Same time, same kickoff, same opponent. Um, Much, much less significant situation. It was in November even. And we were a 500 football team trying to get to a bowl game. And, you know, it's a shame that a lot of those people left 
uh, during the whole Scotty Montgomery, um, you know, Jeff Comfort debacle and having came yep. back. And some of those people have aged since then. And I guess for whatever reason, well, Papaw thinks it gets darker at, at, at midnight than it does at nine, or he's got to take his pill. I'm not sure which one it is, but, uh, you know, people need to stay to the end, man. I mean, what do you have? My thing is, what do you have to do? Like, the, I was talking to the guys right beside me on our tailgate, and I was just like, they, you know, they take their time leaving, and it's like, is it like a volunteer? And I'm not making fun of volunteer firefighters, obviously, but there's certain cases of things, emergencies that happen that you leave or something that you have planned that you can't get out of, so you come for part of the game. I get that. We're not talking about that. Our children, or our children now are um, older where they can stay the whole game. So we get all that. What we're saying is, there's enough people in our fan base they can make it. Matt's all the way in Connecticut. Trust me, if he was anywhere close, he would drive and be there at the game. So there are people that are across this world that would love to be at Dowdy Fickwood Stadium. So, and we understand if there's a conflict for a game or something like that. But this is a problem that's been going on since the Montgomery thing. And I don't understand. We were actually, you know, we were ahead. So I don't understand why you leave. It's not like we're getting our butt kicked and you like our butts kicked and you go, oh, okay, we're not going to come back and this uh, academic and we're going to get out of here. That's one thing. And, but, and I, I hear people talk about it. We'll get off this topic. You yeah, know, people we'll talk about the game. But I, I hear people talk about Bubba mentioned it. Want, want to beat traffic. Want to beat traffic. Beat traffic. You're, you're, you're not in damn uh, New York City uh, rush right. hour traffic. It, it, you know, give me – I'll tell you my, my – I don't even consider it at the ECU games. It's not even – uh, the traffic flow to me is never a problem. But, it, like, if, if I'm at um, PNC Arena for a concert, for example, what I always tell Jessica is take your time, hold on, we'll sit here in the parking lot, drink a bottle of water. I, I would rather – there's two ways to beat traffic. You try to leave early, but here's another idea. Just wait for it to settle down. Yeah. Just just, just, just hang out. Stay to the end of the game. Minutes, take your time. But wait a half hour, and, and yeah. the majority of the traffic will be died down. Um, that's always my strategy to beating traffic. It's never to leave early. I, I, I don't get it, but we'll get off that topic. Do we have any comments from listeners? Oh, yeah, we've got a lot. Uh, Bubba, I know, has been chomping in the bit because there's a lot of – thank you for all the people watching and listening right now. Appreciate that on YouTube Live and Facebook uh, as well. And, of course, people will do the archives um, when they can't watch us uh, on Sunday nights. Our great show is a pirate playback brought to you by – our good friends at LK Custom Homes, Kevin Walker, give him a call, 336-688-8461. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate your support of the program. Of course, Kevin played in the 80s, uh, the heyday there, that 83 team. He was part of that and uh, went on. Um, <clears throat> all right, here's a question for you. Why do we have eight to 10,000 more in the stands for Campbell than UCF? Inexcusable. I agree. That's what I'm talking about is this was a big-time opponent. And you guys, I told you, this was like, a, to me, I know, Kyle, you said you had a circle. To me, this is like, for me, one of the, um, as far as American is concerned, I think it's our biggest rival. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's the way I feel um, because we just, they seem like last year, they find a way to beat us. Even last year, we had them on the ropes in the fourth quarter. We couldn't get it done in Orlando um, tonight or last night. Rather, yeah, yeah, at one time, it was definitely back in the, you know, at one time, at the end of the Conference USA days, yeah, that Southern Miss Marshall. Um, they've dominated us in recent years, so it's a one-sided rivalry. But uh, I, you know, can't stand them. Can't stand arrogant bunch of arrogant bunch of ass clowns. They're 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 
not all their fans. Some of their fans are great, but a lot of their fans are entitled, do not appreciate what they've gotten, and don't realize what they've gotten has a lot to do with because of where they're located. Now, they've taken advantage of opportunities they've been given, uh, but, you know, nonetheless. And, um, you know, we had some certain dealings with some of their media members that, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll just let that lay where it lays. Ha, ha, ha. And, uh, but, you know, I- anything else from, uh, as far as to answer the question, why do we have more for Campbell? Then um, I, I think part of it is early in the year, people are excited and then things don't go their way and they get down on the team and they don't think we're going to win this game. But you know what? When you don't show up, you might miss something special. But uh, anything else, people, comments? That- oh, yeah. Here's one for you. Uh, let's go to Let Freedom Ring. Kyle, you even criticized Kirkpatrick big time. Give us a break. Some people have children and have to leave, dude. Wake up, shaking my head. You're always negative, Kyle. We won, dude. I'm always negative. Blow me, Lee. Um, how about that? There's some there's some negative for you. Uh my my criti- you're you're right. Criticism is fine. Criticism and negativity is two different things. Um yeah, I I, I have criticized Donnie Kirk, criticized Donnie Kirkpatrick. Uh, what the hell does that have to do with leaving? What, what what does that have to do with leaving early? What does criticizing Donnie Kirkpatrick have to do with leaving early? What what does one have to do with the other? Your 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 comment made absolutely no sense. And uh, LHD six eighty seven. If you buy a ticket, why not plan to be there the whole game? I don't understand it. Amen to that. Yep. In fact, uh, here's LHD. I had a guy in front of me yelling at Donnie from row AAA. Same guy cheered when we got it together and left at the beginning of the fourth. <laughs> well, he had confidence that we were going to hold on. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't. I, well, what does Donnie Kirkpatrick have to do with leaving early? Why are we tying these two things together? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, exactly. Don't. And listen, guys, anybody who's, if you watched that game last night, anybody who watched it should give Donnie credit. Because the great thing about this show is we're, we're on nobody's payroll here. You know, we, we give our honest opinions. We are very, uh, when people deserve credit, we, we give it to them. But we also will criticize um, and at times this year, Donnie has called a bad game. That's just a exactly. fact. And, but, but I guarantee anybody who's listened to this show, when he's called a good game, like last night was a great game. And like I, I gave him credit early in the show. I said he was two steps ahead the entire night. Guess what? We're going to be the first guys to give him credit. So um, yes, let me explain to you the difference between criticism and negativity. And, and, and Matt just did it. Criticism is when you criticize a game someone called and you point out things they could have did done different. Negativity is when you say the next game they're going to call is going to suck. When Scotty Montgomery was here, I was negative because I knew everything he did was going to suck. I predicted because before it was going to happen. So criticism is when you say XYZ should have been done better. Negativity is when you say he's going to keep sucking. We ain't going to win. That, that, that's the difference between negativity and criticism. All right, we got another one uh, from the Patriot. Uh, if Kyle isn't complaining, he's not happy. Your mom's not happy. <laughs> um, Alice says, if I can drive from North Myrtle and stay, most can. Yeah, exactly. There you go, Allison. Driving all the way from North Myrtle. Uh, what is that, a three-and-a-half-hour drive um, from North Myrtle uh, to Greenville? Um, so, uh Exactly. And, and it don't, th- that's the whole thing. You don't get any darker. I mean, it don't, like I said, maybe you get sleepy. I, they, they sell hotel rooms too. That's something else that's an option. Um, yeah. they, they do still have hotels, right? 
Yep. Hell yeah, Donnie did a damn good job last night. I kept saying, keep it rolling, Donnie. Keep it rolling. Yeah, Donnie caught a great game. And uh, I, I, I've actually been less, critis- less critical of Donnie than a lot of people. Um, yeah, quite I frankly, I, mean, I, so I, I don't. I don't know where that's coming from. Where I'm criti- critical of Donnie. Uh, there, there are times where I'd say certain things, but there's people on this show looks at Matt that have been way more critical of Donnie Kirkpatrick than uh, th- than I have. Well, I think that, um, and guys, this is one of the things that I was thinking about this morning, drinking my coffee, is that I think one of the things for this fan base is they knew this team was better and not performing at the level that they could and to win, you know, the close games. And for me personally, I think that the uh, you have to tip your hat off to the players and the coaches. They they accepted the challenge. And, Matt, I was going to bring you in on this, and Bubba as well, because you guys are former players. Uh, I've had, and, and Kyle, you can relate to this part of it, I've had bosses to chew me out because they knew I could do better. I made mistakes, um, no matter where the job is. They They called me in the office. They challenged me. And then they were the first person to congratulate me when I when I righted the ship, so to speak. And uh, Matt, I thought that that's what we're saying. We're not hypocrites because we're praising Donnie. It, we would be stupid if we said, "Oh, what? Why, okay, we need to just get off this topic. Why, am, why is this even a topic? Why? Why is the 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 leaving early thing turn into we have to defend saying Donnie called a good game? Let, let's just end this topic. It's it's nonsense." All right, let's talk about the let's do talk about the game. In fact, uh, I was very impressed, uh, Matt, when uh, I realized that we hadn't punt uh, punted the ball until what the third quarter, and uh, and it was uh, literally uh, as you said, the one punt we had. Uh, that's the person that I, I, Luke Larson is the one person player that I've been the hardest on, and it's probably because he's thirty years old, and we knew that he was <laughs> capable of. He's a man. Um, and he is, well, uh, wait a minute now, but Dave, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have learned many years ago. You're not a man until you're 40. Okay. So you're 40. All right. Can we get the Mike Gundy video up, Bubba? Yeah. It, 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 Mike Gundy taught us all. You're not a man until you're 40. So okay. thank you for, <laughs> thank you for the reference. But anyway, um, we knew that he was capable of doing what he did last night. He did an excellent punt down to the, the aim in the ball and it went out at the 15 yard line gave them no chance for any kind of special teams breakdown and running that um, ball back. And uh, for me, that was one of the, that, the four turnovers. And the other thing, guys, that really impressed me last night, and Kyle alluded to earlier about this game, um, there was no way we we're going to lose that game. I felt very confident once I saw the game. And the and one of the reasons is every time, did you notice, but Kyle, you said this, so I'm going to give you credit. Every time, they, you thought that maybe UCF was going to get back in the game. We answered. We scored. That's the sign of a great team. Kyle, I'll give you credit for the fact you said we were going to win the game. Kyle, I'm going to give you credit and we'll tip my hat to you because you talked about, you made that point last week on this show, on this very show on the playback, that Houston's teams get better as the season progresses. And last time I checked, I looked last night, I looked again this morning, nobody's in the pirate panic room. Hopefully we can close that off. And uh, hopefully we can keep that closed permanently, uh, Matt. But did you think that the the turnovers, um, that we just seemed to, as Kyle was alluding to earlier, we wanted this game really bad. And it was, uh, to me, yeah. the, the sad thing about when we're talking about the crowd, the reason I was upset, this was a bowl-like atmosphere. Um, ESPNU, our good friend, Rennie Angolia was here. I mean, it just had a, a really special vibe to it. And I was disappointed. Um, but anyway, let's talk about Yeah, the- well. Well, no. well, 
Dave, just to jump in on, I mean, to your point, I, I think you made a lot of good points. And first of all, Rennie and goalie is awesome, man. Like he was, he did an awesome job calling that game last night. Obviously you guys were there in person, but he's, he's top notch. But um, I, to me guys, the biggest, the biggest moment of the game was we knew at halftime, we we're up 17, three, uh, there's ebbs and flows to every game. You, we knew that UCF was going to come out and give us their best punch. And first drive of the of the second half, they come down the field and, and score right away. So now it's 17-10. And in the past, you would have seen pirate teams fold in that situation. You would have seen probably a sack, a turnover, a three and out, a punt, and then all of a sudden the game is tied. But in this case, what I love is that we got the ball right back. We answered. We drove down the field. And we ran the ball. We yep. controlled the line of scrimmage. We were running the ball on that team. Um, and we answered right away. And that is the sign of a good team. That's the sign of a mature team. Um, and that, you know, that's something we wouldn't have done a year ago. And I think, you know, when you hear Mike, Mike Houston all the time talks about balance, balance, balance. Every interview, it's about balance. He wants to be balanced. That was the type of performance last night where we were truly balanced. Um, the yeah. running game was on point. The passing game was on point. And then all three phases complemented each other. The defense complemented the offense and vice versa. And like you said, Dave, even the punting game, we had that nice, I don't know, do you call it a Coffin's corner punt where it goes down into the corner and, yeah. you know, right on the out-of-bounds line. So you just saw, again, you know, complementary football and, I just love the fact that we were able to answer in that situation. Yeah, we answered every time they threw a punch. We we answered every time they threw a jab. We answered with a haymaker. You know, you mentioned the the punt by Luke Larson uh, went out of bounds at the fifteen. He angled it to the sideline. Um, uh, another good special teams play. The onsides kick uh, recovered by Ryan Jones. Uh, big play by Ryan there. Uh, that took any opportunity they had to possibly make a comeback out. Um, you know, I kind of thought when they settled for a field goal there, it wasn't waving the white flag because, you know, they needed three scores, field goal, two touchdowns, so I understood it. But you kind of you kind of thought right then, well, if they don't get this on side, it's over. It's in the bag. And so Ryan Jones recovers it. And then uh, what do we do? You know, Keaton Mitchell just goes and runs it in the end zone a few plays later, and yeah. we really put it on ice. And uh, so, I, hats off there. I didn't want that play to be ignored because um, you, you, let me tell you something, you blow a ball game, you start messing around, not recovering onside kicks. Uh, look what happened in Marshall last year with us recovering an onside kick. Um, so, uh, hats off to Ryan Jones for getting that ball there uh, on that play. I don't want to leave that out as we're mentioning big-time plays because, to me, that was a big play in the game. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that you always want to see is that um, – you know, the great thing about last night, it's not only the victory over UCF, but how about the fact that now we're one game away. We have four games left, one game away to be bowl eligible. Um, I, I say let's go ahead and get it done in Provo. Um, it won't be the end of the season, but wouldn't that be great to go ahead and uh, to have that win on Friday night, be bowl eligible, so we, won't, we don't have to hear about that anymore. Well, you 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 definitely you want to win your next game because it's your next game, but win number six would be special. Uh, win over BYU. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're underdogs. BYU just lost to Liberty. We're still three and a half point underdogs, three point underdogs. We know where you look. Um, because long trip out the Provo and, uh, BYU's quality football team. Their backs against the wall. They're 500 team right now. And I think they're four and four maybe. And, um, so 
they uh, they know they need this one too. They need it bad. So it's going to be a very, very tall task against a desperate football team that plays very physical. Um, I hope we don't go out there and get any injuries. Those uh, those, those Samoan boys out there, they got a lot of Samoans that, that play defense for them, and uh, they can be a little nasty. So uh, I, I hope we don't uh, get any injuries out there. That's something I'm a little concerned about going out to Provo. This but, is uh, yeah, I was. It's a big game. It's a big game, but honestly, and 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 take this with a grain of salt. It's the least important game left on the schedule. We can we can lose this game and accomplish every one of our goals if we win the rest of them because it's not it's a non conference game. Um, we need some help to get back in the conference championship race. That's something we haven't even talked about. Uh, we're very much now back in the conference championship race. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, to me, the the easiest path would be for Cincinnati. Uh, to lose to UCF this coming Saturday, and then um, us to beat Cincy. Obviously, we would have to take care of our business, so that would include beating Cincy. Um, so then I would put Cincy with two losses if they lose to UCF and us. And then um, then UCF has to go play at Tulane in New Orleans in November. So uh, let's say UCF loses to, to Tulane. Um, then you have East Carolina Tulane for the conference championship, and all likelihood in that situation if we were to – win the remainder of our conference game. So conference championship is back on the table, guys. That's something we hadn't even discussed. Yeah, and we need to be talking that way. And Matt uh, and Bubba, uh, former players, you know, the, the we I talk about it a lot on purpose, but the swagger, what about the swagger? You know, that that's one thing that, um, you know, people say, why do you get ahead of yourself? You know what, when I, when we had Scotty Montgomery, I didn't think we were going to win a single game. But now when we have uh, Mike Houston, and the way the team's playing right now, we can win every single game. I'm not a fool. I realize we can lose them. But why would you have that kind of mentality? Let's go in there and have the chip on our shoulder. The edge is uh, for us, especially um, this team is getting better. And, uh, Matt, I was going to talk about the fact that uh, my daughter, for example, their team is 10-0. and 0. Um, There's like an expectation. Like there's a when even down to a, you know, a county soccer association – the teams fear my daughter's team because they've won every single game. And it's like our kids are playing loose. They're not, you know, they don't even realize the significance of what they're doing right now. But I was just thinking about that with uh, East Carolina. Why not have the swagger? Why not go ahead and have the confidence that you're going to win, that you can go out there and compete with the BYUs? You can compete with Cincinnati, Houston, and, of course, with uh, Temple. So, I mean, with four yeah. games left, you know. Yeah, well, I saw that a little bit of that swagger last night. I like you could actually feel it when you were watching the game. Um, the team, you know, they played very confident. They played very confident. So, and I think I, I'll tell you guys, I feel great about this BYU game heading out of Provo, and uh, I think the team will bring Dave. I know you like to talk about it a lot, but that swagger, and they should believe in themselves right now because they have a damn good football team, uh, and we have we have a lot of good weapons on offense. We have uh, a quarterback who is, is playing very good football right now. Um, I, I think that's, to be honest, guys, I was surprised that we were the underdog in that game. And I, I, think, you, I think you got to look at travel, and I think you got to look at BYU plays better at home than they do on the road. And, and I think uh, I think you got to look at the intangibles Friday nights, that short week, long trip. Um, so I think if I think if it were in Greenville, I. It, it's funny, Matt. If it were in Greenville, um, not only do I think we would be favored, I think we would be favored by more than what BYU's favored. BYU's three-point favorite at home. I think if it was in Greenville, we'd probably be a five, six-point favorite. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. They're definitely, it's a good point. They are much better in Provo and they definitely struggle when they come East. I mean, you see it in recent years with coastal Liberty. They came to Dowdy Fick on, you know, three or four years back and they struggled. But um, one thing about BYU that I observed before the season started, uh, when I looked at their schedule, they've played an incredibly difficult schedule, guys. Um, Injury probably mountain up. Exactly. That, that's exactly where I'm going. I mean, you play teams like uh, Notre Dame, Oregon, Baylor. I mean, if Arkansas. they really good teams, Arkansas, Kyle. I mean, uh, Wyoming, really good football teams. And they don't look quite the same as they did at the start of the year. And um, I, I just think we are the better football. I really believe in my heart we're a better football team this year than BYU. I think right now we are. Um, that doesn't mean we're going to win uh, because of the other things. Um, I think it's going to be a very physical, hard-hitting football game. Um, I think it's a good time to have an off week after it. Uh, perfect time for the off week to be coming after this BYU game before we play Cincy. Um, so uh, that's g- g- re- really, really good time for that um, because, uh, like I said, I do think it's going to be a physical game. They, they, they play nasty, man. That's one thing. People need to. That's I, it, it, CJ. If, if you, I don't know if you listen to the show or if anybody that 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 listens talks to CJ. CJ, man, I'm telling you, those BYU guys, they that all those big Samoans, man, they're they're some hard hitting, dirty playing dudes. Keep your cool. Just keep your cool and go make plays. Yeah, and and CJ, you know, as great as he played, he does teeter on the brink sometimes. There were a few times last night. I was really concerned that he was going to get flagged. His emotions, he, I love it. I, I love CJ. I identify with CJ. I, I Listen, I love the swagger, but we've just seen a lot of times in the past where he does get flagged. So I just don't want to see him go backwards, yeah. that's all, because you guys know I, I am incredibly impressed with what he's done this year. He's having a fantastic season. So yeah. I just want to see him keep progressing and not getting any – uh, bonehead penalties like we've seen in the past, and it looks like Dave, we have a pretty good comment there, huh? From from a yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I'm sorry, I had the guy uh, guys. I'm a little tired. I had the Michael mute, but uh, James uh, chiming in. He's a UCF fan. He says, UCF fan here. I really think that we uh, we just lost that game. I think that the team counted you guys out as an opponent, and it cost us a lot. Our defense really struggled in the secondary to guard your talented wide receivers. Uh, thank you, James, for watching and. And commenting, and obviously, you know, you're one of the good UCF fans. Uh, we've dealt with a lot. Um, in fact, um, you know that I think it's a great rivalry. And I, I will say this about the UCF series: I hope that we can get home and homes from time to time with you guys. Still, uh, Southern Miss is a team that won't back on the schedule. There's other ones, and I'm not going down that path. But I, I don't want to. Um, same thing with uh, Houston. And uh, Cincinnati, I hope we can get home and homes for nine. Well, I think UCF, if they're interested, makes a lot of sense because you always recruit in Florida. Um, I, I don't know how interested they're going to be in doing a home and home with us, but uh, I'm with you. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, I, who knows if it's going to happen? But uh, it, it, to me, it would make sense to do a non-conference home and home with them. But he's right. I, I, I do think that uh, I think the UCF players were, were, were a little overconfident looking ahead to Cincinnati. Well, they beat I mean, us. You, you cannot overstate. Look, Cincinnati next weekend, they were talking about that may be a potential location for game day in Orlando. And so I, I do think that there was a little bit of look ahead to the Bearcats. And like I said on Pirate Radio last night, when, you, when you're looking ahead and you and you, and you, uh, you ain't paying attention, you might get run over by a freight train. 
You know, I just want to hop in on that really quick, guys, because sorry to cut you off there, Dave. Uh, Talking the same thing. You know, there just some of that stuff does go on, but like I'll say one thing to to James's point. You know, I I don't necessarily agree with with that. Um, I thought we were the much more physical football team. I thought we won the line of scrimmage. Um, We did. You know, I I really do. I thought on both sides of the ball, we won the line of scrimmage. Uh, I thought we were more prepared. So I think his comment has taken away a little bit from the accomplishment from last I night. I don't think it does. Uh, dude. I don't think know, it does. I, I, think, I just think we played a hell of a game. He guys. says, really well, does. I mean, you guys really earned that game. UCF really struggled. It was definitely a shame watching from Orlando, just watching the beatdown. We weren't focused on the challenge in front of us. No, and see, and I get what you're saying that, Matt, and Bubba kind of feels the same way because me and Bubba had this conversation last night. And maybe as former players, you'll see it from a different perspective. But I, I I don't think saying that somebody overlooked you, if you if you lose that look if 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 they end up winning a one point game and they overlooked us, then yeah that that looks bad. If we hung on in one, you know. But when you dominate a team, um, that means you're a good football team, and they should have probably taken you way more seriously than they did. And no, I really don't believe that UCF came in here 100% focused on the Pirates. And I really don't care. To me, it doesn't take away from the win at all. Yeah. To me, that's that's on the coaching. To me, that goes back on coaching, getting your team ready and letting them know, hey, you better not be worried about the Bearcats. You better be focused on the Pirates. They're going to kick your ass. So, to me, that goes back on uh, their coaching staff, if that was the case, and uh, not having them ready for the challenge in front of them because we were ready. Something else I've been wanting to point out all game, all game, all show, and I, and I keep forgetting. Um, we wouldn't have won this game last night if we didn't beat Memphis the week before. I truly believe that. I think that Memphis game, four overtimes, was such a character game. It was such a, 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 you know, find out who we are type football game. I really believe that game had a lot to do with us winning this game too. Oh, most definitely the momentum. And, you know, with, uh, I think about back to uh, your good friend, uh, Kyle. We're going to try to see if we can get him on. Jeff Sharon, do you remember him? Um, I, I remember some chick named Sharon, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just basically being so um, – I can't think of the right word, but definitely condescending when it comes to East Carolina. Uh, Jeff, look, Jeff Sharon's not, represent, not representative of all UCF media or UCF fans, but uh, – Jeff, Jeff Sharon was condescending. Very few people have made me that angry um, in recent history. I had way way more important things to, on my mind to truly get angry. You know, a lot of times I'll joust back and forth here with people on the show, listeners, and people will think I'm angry and I'm just, you know, full of crap. I'm not angry at all, uh, like with the Patriot earlier or whoever it was. But uh, Jeff Sharon had me legitimately fight mad. Um, he's a condescending little punk. And, uh, uh, I tickles the crap out of me that we beat him. I hope he was there last night. And uh, he was I, actually. He well, was I wish I, I wish I had an opportunity to say hey. Press box. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I went. We're going to the press box just for that. Um, what, what was that that was just posted? Beating Memphis had nothing to do with winning, us winning. I don't. I think the Patriot. Well, you're, well, the Patriot. I think you're just trying to argue with me. Beating totally Memphis said. had us nothing. To, okay, so if we lose the four overtime game. You think we come out and play with the same focus and intensity as we did last night? You think we have the same mental aspect? Beating Memphis had nothing to do with us winning last night. Um, the Patriot, you need to change your name to the Communist because you're an idiot. Uh, James, by the way, the the 
UCF fans said, oh, absolutely. ECU played a phenomenal game. UCF played awful. And you could tell from watching the interviews from um, from your coach, he watched the film, knew the players' names and all their pros and cons. Yeah, we were well prepared, and, and they weren't. And I think that's pretty obvious to see. So who is this Patriot troll? This dude's I clearly think we got, a troll. Yeah, we got a couple trolls, I think. Yeah, the Patriot's clearly a troll. Well, you know, I, um, so whoever you are, Patriot. Um, Say your real name. I love un- Unmask yourself. Uh, the last Patriot was a guy in wrestling named Daryl Wilkes, and he was a crackhead. Uh, he's dead now. Um, drug used a lot of drugs. So uh, it happens. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's kind of what this Patriot's about. No, I don't know. But let's uh, let's talk about uh, obviously with this schedule, it's going to be tight. But I really believe with well, let's talk about BYU. Um, we have five wins. We talked about that five and three. We've got four games left. And guys, we could easily still be eight and four, nine and three. We could have, still with a bowl game. A bowl win, we could be have ten wins. Well, Bubba, who apparently is is gone, he's he, he's still there on screen. But it's funny, me and Bubba did the ultimate fan thing last night. We went from from trying to talk about you know getting to six and six to him and I last night we're we're we're, we're talking about how we can make uh, the New Year's six. Um, and it, there is a possibility, like I said, if we go nine and three the rest of the way, um, some things happen where teams in front of us fall. Tulane keeps winning, and they're up in the teens. Uh, we beat them to finish 10 and three. We, it's an outside possibility because of the way the group of five is this year that we could still uh, end up in the new year six. <laughs> You're my first cousin. Well, tremendous, tremendous. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. Which, which first cousin, which, which first cousin are you a patriot? Yeah. Why can't you just say your name? Like, since you know, I, so, why are we posting his comments? He's clearly a troll. I just think it's I think it's funny. Um, here's one for Robert. We love Robert. You know, Gus was dialed in on playing in a new situation. First real road game. Any deviation from the norm is taken with that concern by coaches. Yeah, no, I think Gus probably was the the players. Uh, He's more worried about barbecue. Yeah, well, he the players are worried about staying warm. They yeah. had to have heaters on the sideline. <laughs> <Jasper>. <laughs> What did he say, Casper? <laughs> Who's hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. Well, got a feeling the Patriot maybe Jeff Sharon. The Patriot's a great movie, by the way, Mel Gibson, but I don't want to yeah. go off the point. Uh, one more thing about last night that I, I think is really important to point out that we haven't talked about yet. We had a lot of – not a lot, but we had a few guys back from injury last night on the D-line. and We had uh, Sue Radware – Deontay Johnson, I believe, was back. Um, the freshman, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, the really good freshman we all like. Um, yes. And then and then Abreu, who's kind of been sidelined all season for reasons unknown. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was fresh last night. He looked like like he looked like he was playing his first game of the season. And he basically he- was. Right, exactly. And he made a huge impact, guys. And I think that was a big difference in the game because if you go back and watch, we were rotating D linemen every play. And uh, I think that depth, you know, really, you know, paid dividends. No, I agree. And so does your dog. I hear him, I hear him contributing there in the background. But uh, I, uh, I, I, no, I agree 100%. The D line last night was phenomenal. And, and being able to rotate in fresh D linemen makes a huge difference, particularly late in the game. 
Yeah, uh, as Vera Wynn says, for all the talk of UCF taking Pirates lightly, they pulled it within seven at opening of the second half. Pirates answered and then locked no, it. No, absolutely. I don't, you know, to, to me, it doesn't matter if they took us lightly or didn't take us lightly. Uh, it doesn't take away from the win. I don't, I don't, I never, I never quite understand that. I mean, why I people think we were prepared. I think we were a better team, Craig says, and our game plan came, uh, came together as a whole. They got beat. That's it. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's a moot point. People are getting offended. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. If they took us lightly, they still got their ass kicked. It, yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, and don't you think, guys, that, it doesn't change the outcome. Yeah, the fact that you only have twelve football games, so why would you take this one for granted, regardless of? I, I, I think I think it happens during the season. Uh, Navy, for example, I think uh, I think we weren't prepared one hundred percent for that Navy game uh, on our end, and, and we got beat by by a team that uh, we shouldn't have got beat by, and it happens, and it doesn't change anything. Right. Um, we we are a very talented football team with a lot of good football players. And when we come to play and we're locked in, we can beat anybody on our schedules. UCF, right. Cincinnati, BYU, Houston. But when we ain't, we can get beat by anybody on our schedule. That's yeah. exactly how good we are. Oh, no question about it. That's why, I, you know, we, we're talking about another thing that I want to mention, guys, talking about BYU. I'm glad we're playing Matt and Bubba and Kyle. I'm glad we're playing BYU now and not like the second or third game of the year. Um, I think that would be a totally different outcome. I think that they peaked. They were good at the beginning of the year. And as time goes on, I don't think that – I think that – I don't know if it – I don't know about the injuries, um, but they look like that they peaked early, too early, and where we're doing the opposite, where we're peaking at the right time. That's yeah, just- I do think they're a desperate football team, and they, they, they're trying to get to a bowl game. And uh, it's at their house in Provo, and it's a short week. So uh, that is not a game to take for granted. Look, we're underdogs. If they we had beat... to travel too, Kyle. They had huh? to travel. They were in Lynchburg, Virginia. And exactly. They that, that's my point. That's that's my exact yeah. point. They just did They just did the same trip we're going to do in reverse, and they got their tails kicked. So they're back home now. They're not going to be traveling on Thursday. They, they went home last night. So they'll, they'll be nice and settled in when we're there. Um, so I, I do think if we go on the road and travel from Greenville, North Carolina to Provo, Utah, and find a way to win on a Friday night, that is a monumental win. That does not need to be taken lightly, win or lose. Um, if we find a way to win that game, that is a huge win. And it's a win over a name-brand opponent on the road at their place on national TV where a lot of people watch BYU out west and nationally if you're a Mormon. So there'll be a lot of people tuning in Friday night to watch that game. Okay, Kyle, I got a question for you. Sure. Is All it right. from you or the Patriot? No, no, it's no. I forget <laughs> the this is from Dave Richmond. I'm, okay, I have a real cool. name. I'm not going to have some gimmick or name. Um, so, Kyle, if you if uh, if the Pirates win on Friday night, which I think they will, are you going to the airport to welcome them home? Um, nah, it depends on how I feel. That's that's not an easy question oh, yeah. for me to answer right now, but. Um, maybe, uh, I, I don't know that it's quite worth that. Um, don't no Cincinnati, no, Cincinnati, absolutely. Cincinnati, absolutely. Okay. Um, I went, I went last year after the Memphis game to welcome them back home when we got bowl eligible. Right. Um, we will be bowl eligible with three games left. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, it's going to depend on a lot of things. First of all, um, 
what the hell time are we going to get home from Provo, Utah? That might well, be 4 a.m. Hey, you uh, could go to Denny's and hang out and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be 4 a.m. So it's going to be a lot of Waffle House or Denny's, you can hang out and then drive a little bit further down yeah, the road. Yeah, it's going to depend on how I feel if I'm still up. Are you going to be there? Well, no, because my, uh, no, my you kids have, unfortunately, my, um, well, fortunately, my kids have games, but uh, that would not well, be. Well, hell, if they're, where are they playing at? You could just, you know, you might be able to just get up and leave from, from the airport and take them to the game because, like I said, I believe it's a 7 p.m. kickoff. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Eastern. Uh, is that right? Is it 7 p.m. Eastern kick? Uh, I'll have to look it up. I'm not sure if I But, uh, it, so, um, you know, let's say we fly to there at midnight Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what time they'll get back from Utah. That's going to be our in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, I, I would, hey, guys, I hope that, you know, for the kids' sake, let them stay the night there. Get yeah. a hotel room for another night. Nah, they're flying. You, you think they're yeah. going to do that? No way. I, I personally, I, I mean, I don't know if they will or not, but I just know. guys. We should – I think in that situation, game, so you're looking at midnight. You're looking at one. Uh, it's about a what a four hour flight. You're looking at least five, six o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, they're not gonna. Uh, Matt, I'm with you. I wish they would. Um, but I, I, you know, particularly being an off week, but uh, and, and it being a Friday night game, I wish they would let them let them stay the night, and they may. Uh, that that that's a good question to ask somebody to ask Mike Houston in the press conference. Like Justin Butts, Justin would know that because they would have to bring their equipment back. He yeah, would probably. Justin, if you're still watching, um, what time does what time? Yeah, is or, or or are they going to stay the night? I mean, I you know because yeah. it is a Friday night game, so it's 8 p.m. Eastern kick. Um, it's a long way, man. I mean, I, you, when you think about UTEP's close, and I know we played one game at BYU. But UTEP's the closest thing I can, can think to compare it to. And I remember a couple wins at UTEP over the years. Yeah, Sarah says uh, last time we landed around 536. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, okay, there you go. Saturday morning. There you go. So I, that's, that's, a, that's a long flight. And uh, so, yeah, there you go. You can just get up. It's, hey, you know what? 6 a.m. would probably be better than 4 a.m. People can just go ahead and be there and start their day. Yeah, 530. It's like Black Friday. You just go ahead and get up and – get you some breakfast and then go out to the airport. I, I really, I feel good about it. I think we're going to be bowl eligible. So just get a whole bunch of pirate fans out there. Um, you know, anything is possible. Sure. But I really believe with this team and when we're playing. Uh, and another thing is the fact that just like we talked about, if uh, BYU had a home game and then us right back at another home game, I'd be a little bit nervous, but I think, uh, I think it's who wants it bad. I mean, it's to me that. I think they're going to want it pretty bad too, dude. I'm telling you, this is going to be a tough game. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I believe me, 100% we can win this game. They're flying straight back. Thank you, Justin, my friend. Okay. We 100% we can win this game. I, I believe I believe we are the better football team. Right. Um, I just right. think there's a lot of intangibles coming into this that 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 is going to be playing against us that we're going to have to overcome. Yeah, leaving around lunch Thursday, flying back after is what Justin says. Okay, yeah. And then uh, Craig says, I'd rather fly home during the overnight hours from those Western time zones because you lose too much daylight if you spend the night. Well, I would generally agree with you, but we'd be flying back on Saturday and we have an off week. And uh, Justin's saying the equipment truck is leaving tomorrow. <laughs> so there you go. I'll tell you what, Justin, you've got the Justin's company – uh, the, you guys have some amazing drivers, and maybe we can get them on sometime. We, um, but that would be pretty cool. Maybe we can get them on. Can we get them on? Or Justin, can you come on Tuesday night? We'll talk about that. 
Um, that's crazy. Leaving tomorrow says Monday for Friday game, but uh, I guess uh, that's about two thousand and some miles, right? Off the top of my head, I I, I have no idea yeah, how, how, how many miles. how many yeah. miles it is from here to Utah. It's a lot, though. Yeah, that's a good hike. But I'll tell you guys, I love these type of matchups. Like me too. Teams that we don't traditionally, you right. know, you don't think of ECU playing BYU. I, this is something I've kind of crazy coming up. I, I think I'm kind of maybe I get the feeling I'm in the minority on this a little bit, but I would love to see us, if it was possible, schedule some of these teams from out west just to just to play somebody different. Um, yeah, you're you know, in, in Arizona <laughs> or Arizona State. The, the problem is, guys, you know, as we talked about, it's just so hard to schedule these people. But I would go, love go ask see. go ask any head coach if they want to do that. It's a, it's a it, travel wise. It's just it's just a nightmare logistically. Think about what Mike Houston's having to, and the coaching staff having to put up right right now. No one. First of all, it's going to be the longest road trip of the year. Now you got to do it on a short week. Play on a Friday night. You have to adjust schedule. You have to give them. At an least you have a bye week, though. At least you have a bye week after the you game. Yeah, give. What well, doesn't help you this week? You, you, I know, but you, you have to give them an academic day. Well, I mean, when, when when are we going to practice? We're flying out at lunchtime Thursday. When are we practicing? You got to You got to In this type of situation, basically tomorrow night. Uh, excuse me, tonight. I'm sure they they had a lot more install go in, uh, and more. Oh, yeah. You know, in terms of preparation, more active night tonight than maybe they typically would. That's my guess. Yep. And uh, here's one, guys, uh, as far as uh, last night's game. Shell has a question for me. Hey, Dave, just tuned in. I may have missed it, but any idea why Keaton didn't get in the game till later? Uh, yeah, he played some early, but Marlon Gunn was getting the majority of the carries early. Um, he had a hot hand. It also um, keep him fresh if he is still battling a little bit of that back injury and late in the game with that speed when the defense is wore down. Um, that's a good time to play him. Uh, it's actually not a bad game plan. Uh, if Keaton's still a little banged up, uh, Marlon's the more durable back. Um, you, you put him in late when the defense is worn down and they're not ready for that speed. Uh, yep. it's, it's actually not a bad, bad, uh, bad way to use him. And Brandon has one for you. Yes or no, Donnie called his best game as offensive coordinator at ECU since he's been back, even with the terrible play calls inside the 15, the first two drives. I I definitely think this game, possibly USF earlier this season, uh, the first half, I thought he called an outstanding game. Um, but I, I thought he was on point last night to answer the question. I thought he was a step ahead and, um, listen, UCF has been incredibly difficult to score on in the red zone. Um, and they had the best in the country for red zone defense. They, they did. They had the, the number one country. They and, did. The number one defense in the country in red zone. Um, but I thought I, – I, I really thought he – anything – like I said earlier, not to be repetitive, they tried to throw zone at us, he picked it apart. They throw man at us, he picked it apart. So, yeah, it was a great game. You have to give credit. And by the way, Robert checked for us. Thank you, Robert. Fact-checking factoid here. Uh, it's 2,220 miles to Provo, Utah. It's a 36- to 40-hour drive. And as Justin said, they have two drivers that drive that equipment truck. So they'll take turns, uh, obviously, uh, doing that. And how about this? Craig uh, makes a great point. Watching the video of Harris greeting his teammates on the Pirate Walk was awesome. And uh, you can we have that on the our YouTube channel. 
if you haven't seen that, uh, Bubba does that for us. And uh, amongst many things he does behind the scenes, uh, great job, Bubba, uh, for putting that up for uh, for those fans. So you'll get a chance, a little taste of what it's like on game day. And, uh, man, it was a sweet victory. I tell you what, uh, this game is going to uh, definitely – when you guys – I wanted to ask you guys this. I was thinking about this last night uh, as I was driving away. Would you say that this is uh, Mike Houston's signature win? People keep talking about signature wins. Would this be the signature win? Like you, uh, this will be looking back, and who knows? Because it's hard to say. We're not looking back now. But when Mike Houston's career ends, would you, or um, maybe further down the road, would you say this was the game that we knew that okay, the program is um, turned around. We consistently now it's not like flashes of greatness. You can finally see this program. They're the winning um, toe to toe with like what I was going to say. Um, back to the point about UCF. Guys, we were so close. Look at that Houston game last year, the UCF game. We were so close on. Uh, we did answer your question, Dave. Um, is it a signature win? Uh, I would say so. Um, it, it's not a big non-conference uh, Power Five win. It's not a uh, conference top twenty-five win. They should have been in the top twenty-five. They were just outside. Um, it's his biggest win. Uh, so thus far, I would say it's a signature win. Um, so yeah, I you know, I I would say it's a signature win. Um, it's uh it's the closest thing, and uh, it, it's you know a lot of people will, will say it ain't UNC, it ain't NC State, it ain't it ain't be it ain't um you know whoever. But some of those Virginia Tech and NC State and UNC teams we've beaten over the years weren't as good as this UCF team. Right, they were um, not this good. UCF team six and one and. Like I said, I think at worst they'll finish eight and four. Um, so uh, this is a really big win, and um, should have been in the top twenty-five. And then you wouldn't even be questioning if it was a signature win if they were if they were twenty-seventh, um, and yeah. other teams received the votes. So if they were two spots above at twenty-five, nobody would be people would be saying we just beat the top twenty-five team. So. And guys, UCF is really quick before James comment. UCF is a favorite this week over Cincinnati. Am I am I right about that? Oh, that wouldn't like, surprise me. I believe that's in, that's in Orlando. Um, that's since, he, since he has been looking much more human, particularly on defense, well, on offense too. Um, so it would not surprise me to see Cincinnati uh, lose to the Knights um, this coming weekend. So, uh, Yeah, I think uh, I saw a minus two, Kyle, if I'm not mistaken. I that sounds right. Yep. And uh, James said even after last night, UCF is still number one in the nation for red zone D. We have yep. yet to beat a quality opponent, though. We really, really need to clamp up and get focused on offense. We have yet to beat a quality opponent. Opponent? Is that what he read? Buzz that again? Yeah. What are you saying? Well, what the hell was UCF? No, he's talking about they haven't. They haven't. UCF. Oh, they have. UCF uh, is still number one in the nation for defense. defense. We have yet to beat a quality opponent. Now he's talking about us. I think he's no, a, no. He's talking about UCF. Yeah. Okay. Unless oh, is he a, is he is he a knight? Okay. Is he a knight? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. He's uh, a UCF he, guy. The nice guy, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a knight. Okay. Uh, will they beat SMU? Um, uh, you could argue that that, 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 that that's a decent win. They they beat uh they they beat Georgia Tech, uh, which is an ACC team that's around 500. Um. So I mean, uh, yeah. I, Quality opponent, I, I would say they've beaten some decent teams. Um, 
uh, I, I personally would probably take them to beat Cincinnati and Orlando this weekend. Wouldn't that be – that would be crazy. And that actually – That helps us. because helps gets us. us you yeah. see Cincinnati, then we beat Cincinnati. The, then, then we beat Cincinnati, then we need to get a little help from Tulane to beat UCF. And we could be playing for the conference championship if we handle our business. One, yeah, one step at a time, as they say, one game at a time. But that would be uh, phenomenal. Uh, you guys, uh, do you have any final thoughts? I know that. Are there any topics? I know, um, Bubba. We always talk about the. What about some other games around the country that surprised you this weekend? Well, I'll tell you, um, I, I was a little surprised that. Oregon uh, took care of oh, yeah. UCLA the way they wow. did because UCLA has been a very hot team, kind of the surprise team of the season. And uh, they went out to uh, Autzen Stadium and, and took a took a beating. So Oregon's a team, you know, they started off really slow against Georgia. They, 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 they got beat down pretty good. And they've won every game since. And here they are in the top ten. Hey, uh, and how about that? Uh, the One of the teams we've been talking about, Matt, up your way, uh, not too far from you, closer to you than us. Uh, that Syracuse-Clemson game was a really good football game. I enjoyed it. I knew that one was going to be one to keep an eye on. And, uh, man, Clemson pulls it out 27-21. But that was a game uh, for me that, you know, if it was an upset uh, special, um, even though it was in Death Valley, that was one that we were curious about. And Clemson handled their business and won the game. But, man, oh, man, that was a – uh, one. What about? Um, here's a team that. Here's a team that people thought that was lacking too. Was um, what about LSU? They they're six and two now, and uh, they they were they were big yesterday in that um, win over Ole Miss, forty five to twenty. Um, that was one I didn't think uh, that would happen. Uh, I thought I really thought Ole Miss would win that game, um, so I was wrong. Uh, I like Lane Kiffin's offense, but man, LSU is really coming on strong since that Florida State debacle in uh, week one. But that's what makes week one special is it's not the end of the end of, end of the year if you lose. Uh, one that kind of surprised me a little bit yesterday, James Madison had been playing really good football, worked their way into top 25. I got upset down to Georgia Southern. And uh, then they lost to Marshall, who had been struggling since that win over Notre Dame. So Marshall kind of got their season back on track, beating James Madison yesterday. And I think JMU's finding out what it's like now to play a full FPS schedule uh, yes. kind of easy early. And now they found out, you know, that it takes a toll on you. But uh, that that was one that kind of caught my attention yesterday a little bit. Craig said he was at the JMU Marshall game. Unfortunately, their starting quarterback was out for the game. JMU wins oh, that JMU's, game. Oh, JMU's quarterback. Okay, that, that explains that. Yeah, that definitely is a big thing. And, We'll come back to that. Uh, Bubba, do you want to do some American scores? Obviously, with uh, uh, waiting uh, for you to chime in on that, the American, uh, before we get out of here and some more college football scores. Yeah, Cincinnati had a close call down in Dallas against SMU. SMU uh, you know, really uh, pushed the Bearcats late, but were, but UC, that is, was able to prevail on Bearcats ranked 21st. And uh, you, you had Tulsa pick up a win. Uh, I guess what that was Friday night, guys, twenty-seven yeah. to sixteen up in Philly. Um, they trailed for a large part of that game, but then came back. Came back in the second half. Um, let's see. You had Tulane build a commanding thirty-five to nothing halftime lead on the Green Wave. Obviously, twenty-fifth in last week's poll. I haven't seen the new poll yet. 
to see if they moved up at all. But uh, they are now 7-1 and one after a 38-28 win over the Memphis Tigers. And let's see, and there's one other I think that I left, one other that I left out. Uh, Houston beat Navy. Yes, Houston defeated Navy 38-20 to in Annapolis. So. And a lot of good coverage just on the ESPN family networks, linear television for the American. And I hope that continues going forward. Um, it depends on our contract written, but uh, you, you had, uh, you had uh, the noon window, you had Cincinnati SMU on ESPN. You had uh, Houston Navy on ESPNU. You had us on ESPNU against UCF. Um, uh, I believe Memphis Tulane was on ESPN too. So there was a lot of great coverage for the American yesterday. Another surprise of the year, obviously, uh, in Durham is Duke. Duke beat Miami yesterday, forty-five to twenty-one. Five games already. They five and three now. Two and two in the ACC. Really? Yeah, should. we know you're proud of your Blue Devils, Dave. Uh, no, do. I was no. I, well, um, I don't know about your trip to Durham Friday night yeah. for for yeah, for, for for uh the, the kickoff, the tip off, to get up to get down in Cameron with the camera crazies and uh yep. and uh, yep. Duke. Uh, Duke beat Miami. Miami sucks. <laughs> really Miami's terrible. Miami, no, it's amazing. It's uh, yeah. I mean, Duke handled business. I gotta say though, this Miami team is an embarrassment. I mean, how can how with all the talent in that area, how can they be this bad? It's just I, they, they, they change coaches. Like they change underwear. That's one of their problems. And uh, I, I don't know. At, at some point, you, they got to get somebody to stick with them and stabilize that program. All right, Kyle. Um, Dave's friend Shell I mean, has a question saying, okay. "Hey, real quick, um, Kyle. He would like your take on Bama compared to Georgia. Do you, who do you think's a better team? I, and I know, I know, Shell, you didn't ask my opinion, but I would, I would certainly, you know, definitely Georgia. When you look at Georgia, I mean, you know, they're just so far they've been. Uh, yes, they had the close call at Mizzou, but otherwise they've been the much more consistent team. Georgia." You know, they're one of the least penalized teams in the nation, whereas Bama is one of the most penalized teams in the nation. Georgia's defense has been uh, – Bama's hasn't been terrible by any means. So, uh, you know, Tennessee's going to light up a lot of people. But, you know, when you when you look at Georgia, they've been more consistent on that side of the ball. So, uh, I think it's clear at this point that Georgia's the, the better team. And my answer would be Tennessee. But I didn't mean to <laughs> – uh, if you – Want to provide some color there? If you have any, any, any uh, my my, my answer would, would be Tennessee. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, who's better between Georgia and Alabama? Tennessee. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm with that. I'm with that, Bubba. Georgia. Georgia's got the more yeah, complete football team this year than Alabama. Alabama. Um, Alabama is Alabama. Don't get me wrong; they're really good. But I would say Georgia's better. But I really believe Tennessee may be the best team in the SEC this year. Well, I tell you what, the uh, yeah, everybody's talking about the three teams in SEC. They got two uh, lanes up to twenty three. There you go. Thank you for that. Um, I think Georgia is uh, and Ohio State are the two that are lot pretty much locks as far as the playoff. I don't even think Alabama. They may not even make it this year to the college football playoff. Hey, what's going to be crazy is if you get in a situation where, let's say, um, let's say, let's say Tennessee beats Georgia and Georgia's a one-loss football team, and then Alabama beats Tennessee in the SEC championship game. I mean, could you see three SEC teams in the playoffs? No. I mean, I think this could be the year it happens. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I mean, it, it's hey, possible. Anything's possible, but I, I don't see it happening. 
and talk about a dark horse for the playoffs. Obviously, some things are going to have to happen. I know what you're going. I know where you're going, Bubba. You're going UNC, right? No. What? Uh, in the, no. What? They already. They already have a loss. I'm talking about. I'm talking about for that. Dave's banned. I'm talking about TCU. <laughs> and the Horn Frogs um, remained undefeated yesterday with their their victory over K State. I think it was 38-28. And so, Sunny yeah. Dykes, Sunny Dykes, and TCU are now seven and zero. I believe it is seven or eight and zero. And you know, it's just one moment. So, you continue on. I'm gonna look up their remaining schedule. Yeah, if they went out when the Big Twelve go undefeated, they uh, they'll be definitely be in the playoff discussion. Obviously, Clemson is going to be in the talks. Um, their remaining schedule um, at West Virginia this week. When uh, Texas Tech, um, and that and that is at home. And, and that's a toss up. At Texas, at Baylor, so a couple strong tests there. Yeah, and and then Iowa State at home. So yeah, they got a lot of work to do, but uh, it's definitely with the way they're playing, you know, not out of the realm of possibility that they could run the table. Yeah, and if they do, they'll. You're right; they'll be in the playoff discussion. Um, but um, yeah, as far as West Virginia and Texas Tech, um, those two teams met yesterday, and um, in in Lubbock and the Red Raiders just throttled West Virginia. So it'll be interesting to see and depending on how West Virginia closes the year under Neil Brown, if Neil Brown's back in 2023. I don't, yeah, I don't think he, that article I sent you guys, I don't you, think. Hugh Freeze could be a possibility there in Morgantown. We shall see. How much, well, let me ask you guys that. I, I was thinking about him yesterday. How much money, he's making $3 million at Liberty and he's like the big guy on campus. How much money do you think West Virginia could pay him for? I don't know. Uh, I think Auburn's going to maybe have a lot of interest in Hugh Freeze also. So uh, I, I'm not sure that, you know. And I would not touch Auburn with a 10-foot pole. Well, over. you know what? I, I think you may want to get back in the SEC. So uh, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> Liberty can probably, if Liberty's got a lot of money, I don't know yes. how much higher they'll go. Three million is already a lot of money. Um, uh, West Virginia, you're probably four four or five um old uh auburn will, will easily be able to do five um so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh if he'll go to west virginia if he'll go to auburn or if he'll stay at liberty um yeah i'll, t- I'll tell you guys just on a slightly different note the one game i'm looking forward to more than any other game this season that's gonna have definitely you know playoff implications is when michigan goes to uh Ohio State late in the year because both of those teams are going to be undefeated um, without question, in my opinion. So that's going to be a battle that I I think whoever wins that game is going to get into the top four. I, yeah, I probably, I, you know, I'm, I I haven't watched very much Big Ten football this year, to be honest with you. Um, So I really can't comment on either one of those teams, but I, uh, I, you're right. The, 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 if either one of those teams went out, uh, they'll be in the playoffs. How about this, guys? We hadn't talked about it, but Shell talks about before we get out. He said Sean Boyle was who was committed to UNC Charlotte, decommitted today, and he will um, commit to West Virginia. He's a senior at Charlotte Catholic. 
as I said, uh, Shell's son goes to uh, Charlotte Catholic, by the way. So, uh, okay. well, that. West Virginia fired a Will he- or West Virginia Charlotte fired Will Healy today. Right. Is something we have not mentioned. Charlotte football fired Will Healy. So Max Wentz is taking that job. That's what I've, I heard this morning about eleven thirty this morning, <laughs> uh, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I had a chance to. I know you were with Chase today. I had a chance to reach out to you, Matt. But that's what I'm hearing. You're going to take the Charlotte job, and you're going to make East Carolina a real uh, rival. A rival, yeah, yeah. You guys know how I feel about Charlotte. Uh, how much but, money would? Uh, let me ask you, Matt. How much money would you take to take that Charlotte job? Oh, it would take a lot. It would. It would definitely take a lot. It would take really for me. But uh, I'll tell you, just uh, I hate to be in a conference with them. With them. That's all I'm going to say. I despise it. <laughs> the lights have been turned off on Club Lit. Yeah. Uh, Craig says you give me three million in Lynchburg. I'm living high on the hog. Yeah, I agree with that. Three million in Lynchburg. Uh, you've got to be uh, one of the probably the richest person in Lynchburg. I would think, or one of them. Well, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s probably got you beat. Maybe, maybe. Well, I don't. Yeah, I would, that'd be interesting to see. Uh, there's no maybe to it, my friend. J- Jerry Falwell Jr. is probably a billionaire with a B. Three million with access to liberties, year-round ski slopes, shooting range, flight school, ice hockey arena, etc. I'm good. Yeah, three million dollars. And here's the thing: I'm not anti Auburn, but my God, every time you turn around, they fire coaches, fire coaches, fire coaches. I mean, to me personally, I, I don't see that as the job that you know it should be because they keep they they're so impatient with a coach and so ridiculous. Well, and, and I think you can look across the state and and and, and look directly at Nick Saban and, and and see why. But I uh, I think firing Gus Malzahn to hire their current head coach was a change for just the sake of making change. I think Hugh Freeze, on the other hand, would be headed in the right direction. I think that would be a good hire if they're able to make it. But you, you know, he makes a good point. You know, is Liberty is a no pressure job, so the question is going to become really for 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 Hugh Freeze now as this becomes the Hugh Freeze show. Um, well, here's- d- does he want to spend the rest of his coaching career at Liberty? And it's probably time for him to decide that because he's going to have a couple good opportunities with Auburn and West Virginia. So he's going to have to decide: does he want to just be the head coach at Liberty, or does he want to? get back to the quote-unquote power five. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Kendall has a great question for you guys. Does anyone have an interest in Mike Houston? I think Georgia Tech will. I think if we keep winning, I think Georgia Tech will be uh, will be a name. Uh, Mike Houston will be a name you hear a lot for that job. Can I, um, mention, can I mention something real fast? That history will uh, repeat itself. Well, uh, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. coach that went to Georgia Tech didn't do too well. Right. Well, you can't gauge things off that, but I, uh, I, I don't know. Um, it'll, it'll depend on how he finishes, how much interest you still have from other schools. Uh, if we finish six and six, nobody, yeah, yeah. nobody's, <laughs> but, but if we have eight, eight or nine wins, uh, I can see Georgia tech being interested. Um, besides that, because of what other jobs come open. Um, you know, I, I don't know. What else is going to be out there that would be a good fit for Mike Houston? Um, so, it, it, you know, dominoes fall. It's a good it's a good situation to be in. I'd much rather be being talked about for jobs than not because that means we're winning. And by the way, if there's anybody that knows who Jay Bat's uh, agent is, please let me know. The guy's got more jobs than right up there with Ryan Seacrest. I mean, come on. 
Uh, how in the world Bobby Bones? He's, 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 he's yeah. How ahead. in the world did he get? How in the world does he get that job as athletic director of Georgia Tech um, when he couldn't even run the Pirate Club at East Carolina? I mean, well, you, you probably your your portfolio probably looks pretty good once you've been at Alabama uh, for fundraising. Um, I think John. I think my. You know, I, I, I don't. I'm not even gonna say that, but uh, it, it's. Uh, Good for Jay Brat. Uh, good for him, and uh, yeah. we'll see how he does at Georgia Tech. Yeah, we'll see how. <laughs> you know, he, he may what he may do wouldn't surprise me at all is just hire an Alabama assistant to be the head coach at Georgia Tech. Let's that's uh, or keep the current head coach. Or well, and maybe they. I think they kind of blew it with Virginia the other night. Yeah, three and four. They're three and four on the year now. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, under 500 we'll see how they uh the next few games go for them uh, obviously i really don't care about georgia tech so i care about east carolina no no one does <laughs> yeah look at georgia state you know there's most people pull for georgia in that state anyway so um but anyway we'll see how that did you guys know one more uh thing about georgia tech and then did you guys know that every single kid that goes to georgia tech has to take calculus like how many did not nor nor did i care yeah but uh, i mean like that's a that's a a really big deal um matt did you take calculus at ecu i know i didn't statistics was very hard and college algebra but uh, i did dave actually and i got an a <laughs> oh my god wow how about that you did take calculus okay i'm not a math guy so maybe that's my um my problem cal i'm sure would get an a in it and bubba would too but uh, i'm more of a social sciences kind of guy my degrees in political science so dave uh, you didn't let me finish my sentence though what i got an a in calculus and not attending class uh, did that? you actually did you actually get an a in calculus absolutely not okay, okay. sorry <laughs> i was thinking maybe you, you, you were you i was, thinking, I was thinking maybe you were alluding to something uh that passed the point of ncaa violations uh but <laughs> No, yeah, I, I think we better change. We we better, as they say, pivot from this conversation. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, by the way, here's uh, Richard Allsbrook, our good friend. Richard, we think a lot of you. Great to see you last week, buddy. Um, all four of us were, were happy to see you. We have to keep our assistant coaches. How about Blake Harrell? The defensive yeah, that that's a good that's a good point. Um, Blake Harrell will will get opportunities to to. Uh, probably be a defensive coordinator at, at quote-unquote power fox schools after this year I mean, uh, if our defense keeps playing the way it's been playing um i don't know how much you can do you you definitely got to give him some more money but if an sec school comes after him as a defense coordinator there's not much you can do because I mean, his ultimate goal i'm sure is to become a head coach and you 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 get those opportunities by being coordinators at sec schools etc and he, we're looking at what about one fifty two hundred thousand that range. I think is what he's making now, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, off the top of my yeah head. we need to. Get, I don't know what he's making. Probably two hundred grand. Yeah. We we uh, we need to. If he stays, we need to get him up to three hundred grand this year. Um, but you know, you you get you, you get an SEC school offer from his defensive coordinator. He's going to probably be making close to a million a year. You can't you can't do anything about that. I think, I think about that, it. Off the top of my head, I think Donnie is the highest paid um, assistant coach. I believe off the top of my head, Bubba helped me out on that. Bubba's the numbers guy, but I believe that's right. Um, but uh, don't hold me to that. 
but we have to we definitely this is the best defense we've had in a long time and i got a question for y'all and then we're gonna get the hell out ahead. of here as we're talking what ifs um if mike houston we let's say we do finish nine and three go win a bowl game finish ten and three uh mike houston gets another job at a power five school does blake harrell get a look as head coach absolutely i've heard um, a lot of people, and it's so funny that you said that, Kyle. Um, every single last night I didn't, but usually every home game I'm walking through the tailgate lots or I'm buying a drink. I can't tell you the number of times this season, oddly enough, I've ever heard Pirate fans say that uh, Blake Carroll would make a great head coach at East Carolina if Mike Houston leaves. It's the weirdest thing, but not that it's weird that he would be, you know, like that we would consider that, just that how many Pirate fans I've heard this season probably half a dozen or more. Yeah, I, I don't know. He, he, My one concern about that is uh, his limited um, his limited stops before he got here for being able to put together a staff would, would be my biggest concern about him being a head coach. But in terms of the Nexus and O coach, he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. No question about it. What about you, Matt? You're a defensive guy. Would you give uh... – would you give the keys to the program to Blake Harrell? I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of his. I'm just curious, uh, being a defensive guy. I would definitely consider it. And, you know, especially for the sake of continuity and uh, recruiting recruiting purposes and just the, you know, just for the ability to keep sort of momentum going in the right direction, I, I would certainly consider it. I think he would need, you know, a strong senior staff member. I say senior, meaning, you know, maybe somebody a little bit older who's been around some quality head coaches just to kind of lean on. But um, schematically, he's right there. I mean, he is a, he's an outstanding coach. No doubt. It'll be interesting. We'll keep, obviously that's not something that's going to be decided tonight. Uh, Bubba, help me out on this one. Um, Craig has a baseball question. Anyone know how baseball did today at Clemson? I have not heard. I was curious myself, Craig. I have not heard on that. Um, do you guys know? I have not heard on that. I don't know if Bubba. Has. I don't. I, don't I have no idea. I don't keep up with fall baseball and, and games that don't count. But uh, um, I hope we played well. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. We'll have to. Uh, <clears throat> we'll have to keep I, that. Those games count against your total of games you can play in the regular season, if I remember correctly. Um, I would care if they counted towards your win total for the following year, but uh, being they don't, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I, I don't, it, it, it's, it's definitely good competition. Makes you a better baseball team for sure. No doubt. Before we get out of here, we're going to do our um, sponsors again. Thanks to Kevin Walker with LNK Custom Homes. He's a licensed general contractor, 336 as 8461. Our good friends at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. If you're in the area next Saturday, we're going to have a big trunk or treat. And uh, that'll be from 5 to 7 to bring the kiddos out. And we'll have a lot of fun giving candy away. Then 7 until 10 or 11, we'll have music and maybe some karaoke. And that's at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. That's next Saturday night. And that'll be, uh, again, 5 to 7 for the uh, trunk or treat. And then we have uh, 7 and until probably 10 or 11, we'll have uh, music slash karaoke. Uh, there and my good friend Kyle. What about PGX gloves? Uh, hold on, I gotta sneeze. Okay, <laughs> okay. should have muted myself. PGXgloves.com. Yeah, go there if you if you need yourself some custom gloves. 
maybe your kid plays uh, football, maybe plays um, uh, uh, another sport that uses gloves, baseball, softball, etc. cetera. Uh, go get your kids some custom gloves, pgxgloves.com. Go get yourself some custom gloves. Maybe you want to look like the coolest dude on the golf course. You don't want to be running the mill and look like everybody else. You want to stand out. You want to be different. Go to pgxgloves.com. Get yourself some, some custom-made golf gloves. And no matter what you order, pgxgloves.com, put in promo code ECU, and you will save 25% at checkout. All right, guys, I want to give our uh, programming thanks to all the people. It started back the end of August uh, for that first week, and Jeff Connors always has a great, uh, great guest. Uh, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, Matt, and many others through the years. It's, the show is called Absolute Empowerment, and he has a lot of uh, laundry list of great guests, including Coach Logan. Uh, that was the second week, but many others as well, and that's every Monday night. Tuesday is our Pirate Preview. Wednesday is our Pirate Breakdown. Appreciate Sutton Young and our real Matt Semenza with Jay Sunhalter. Sunny and Semenza Wednesday. The Inside Slant on Thursday is a weekly college football preview. Friday is a Pirate's Life for me. In fact, Bubba does a great job with different Pirate players and uh, alums and fans. That's every Friday. Saturday, when there's a home game, sights and sounds around Dowdy Ficklin. And, of course, on Sunday night is our Pirate Playback. We appreciate all of you watching tonight. Man, it's been a, a huge crowd, and we want to thank every one of you for uh, keeping up with uh, Pirate football. And, obviously, uh, by the way, basketball season is around the corner. Uh, don't forget, on Wednesday night, they're going to have the Minji's Madness, and we want to remind uh, fans about that. Do you guys have anything before we go? Uh, no, just proud of the Pirates. Well, great win last night. and. Uh... Hopefully we can find a way to win in Provo Friday. It's going to be a lot of, lot of logistics, a lot of intangibles to that ball game. But uh, really, really proud of the team uh, for the, really the last two weeks, Memphis and UCF. Uh, Matt, do you have anything before we go? Yeah, just uh, hey, let's just go out, keep the momentum going, and get this win in Provo. All right, so guys, we'll have our uh, we have all the great programming as you see on the screen. Until next time, you've been watching the Pirate Football Playback, brought to you by LNK Custom Homes right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and as always, go Pirates! You've been watching the Pirate Football Playback on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Please like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. Go Pirates! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 